0: So you're listening to Ergo, right? But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.
1: What up? It's Kiss. It is Damon. And you are listening to Ergo. I can verify that. Ergoradio.com. What's
0: the radio? Post loudness. WHPK. What up, y'all? We are recording this one in Ergo Studio B this week. And, you know, we, we have a new guest every week. We've had 128 guests or whatever. We should be enough for you. At this point,
1: I want to be confident. That you like hearing us talk. <laughs> we don't need to have some extra cool person. So you know, Rock with us.
0: You would hope so. I always think about we've talked about this before, off the air. The idea that there's someone who listens every week and really likes one of us but doesn't like the other one. You do wrestle with that a lot. I cannot accept that. <laughs> You don't think someone will this far? I defer it all to you. You are the person that gets
1: <laughs> this individual hate. <laughs> There's no way someone likes everything but me.
0: <laughs> I can't
1: I can't tolerate.
0: Because they're, anyway, <laughs> I will get into that. But this week we're uh we're doing check-in number three, the third time. Just the two of us. You know, what are the things we've been wrestling with? What's in our mind? What have been what's been moving us? Uh, and yeah, well, hope you uh, hope you enjoy. First a couple community announcements. First and foremost, for our poetry people, if you're left out there, we haven't had a poet on it forever, <laughs> but uh, if you're if you're a straggler and you don't mind things, not in verse, and you're going to be down at AWP in Tampa, I will be down there, not going to much of the conference because I don't like poems that much, but I will be producing a great live event with uh, the wonderful friends of the show and myself, Danez Smith and Freddie Choi. That's Thursday at 11 p.m. with The Late Night Move at Fly Bar and Restaurant. Uh, you can find the info on Facebook and we'll share it out. So that'll be Thursday, night the eighth. Also, our friends over at The Tribe, uh, which is a wonderful Chicago-based uh journalism and media platform, they have their first anniversary. They have their first anniversary, so shout out to them. Shout out. So they have a they're having a function for that at a private South Loop location. I was Ooh. like squinting for the location Ooh. and it turns out You're I can't invited. even know it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely show up, support them. We'll definitely time. shout out. They're doing great work. Uh, and then this is not like within our scene in our community, but I just happen to really love the movie Metropolis. Have you ever seen that thing? Nah, I'm not. It's like a 1927 silent film, but it's like the first kind of like large scale movie. And it's all about industry and capitalism. And it's, it's a really, really cool movie. Um, and they are doing a screening of it at the Davis Theater up in Ravenswood with a live organ and a live orchestra. You're into um, some
1: shit, man. Hey, I'm deep. I don't
0: even know. I was just showing you uh, <laughs> <No>. ASMR videos. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Anything else you want to plug? Anything you yeah, want to plug? Yeah,
1: man. Uh, the Let Us Breathe world is is continuing <laughs> to spin and revolve. Mm-hmm. Uh So this Saturday, that is the 10th of March, from 2 to 7, we're having our monthly open house-like event called Tribe Day. So from 2 to 7, um, 1434, West 51st, there'll be food, refreshments, workshops, performances. And for folks who want to get plugged in specifically to Let Us Breathe or just as an entry point to movement building, healing, organizing, creativity overall, um, we hope to be a conduit and and a funnel into into creating the world that you want to live. So Most people don't want to be funnels. Most people don't want to be funnels.
0: I think of all the appliances, I'm not trying to be a funnel. You know, it's all about the flow. I'm trying to be a uh, Vitamix. I don't even know what that is.
1: It's a juicer, like a blender. Ah, uh, okay. All yeah, right.
0: Now we're talking your yeah, language. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Young bullet gang <laughs> crazy. Uh, hold on. Anything one else? more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Freedom Circles. So um, as a part of our Vision and Justice initiative, but also in collaboration with the R3 coalition, that's Resist, Reimagine, Rebuild. We've talked about them throughout the year or two um, here on the show. Uh, a conversation about how do we establish a freedom city Um, And so this conversation will be focusing on reparation and repair. So what's happening at the University of Chicago, uh, reviewing what happened with the Chicago Justice Torture Memorial and that reparation Mm -hmm. suit um, and figuring out how we can expand reparation fights and our concept and and notions of repair and restoration on a structural collective level. So anybody trying to cut that check or, you know, reparations doesn't have to be dollars. Life is much more valuable than money. So anybody who's trying to help repair this world in a structural way, you can come to that conversation on the 12th at Breathing Room.
0: I tried to use that argument when I went out to dinner last night. It didn't go over well. (laughs) I'm here. My life is so much valuable than money. I just gave you an hour and a half of my time. (laughs) You know how much energy I'm bringing to this place. Me and my partner beautified your restaurant. Come on, man. Yeah, come on. On that note, it actually kind of takes me into something that I didn't tell you before I wanted to talk about, but I just remembered on the, on the like, reparations conversation. It's something I've been thinking a lot about. We're just going to kind of bounce between things that have been on our mind. We're going to do it. Have you been reading about what's going on in South Africa right now with the land?
1: Not in detail, but that shit is ill.
0: Yeah. No, this, this is a wild time. So for those of you who don't know... Uh, South Africa elected a new, I guess it's prime minister or president. I can't remember. Well,
1: let's go it. back further. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> South Africa had an apartheid system. <laughs> and that shit was crazy. That is some helpful context. <laughs> let's start there.
0: For those of you who don't know, South Africa is in Southern Africa. Yeah, <laughs> we can yeah. go all the way. Um, yeah, so basically, when. They had the Truth and Reconciliation Committee Mm -hmm. uh, at at the end of formal state sanctioned apartheid. They did all these big initiatives and Mm -hmm. all these conversations, Mm -hmm. and white people apologized. Affirmative action. A tricky one. To the umph degree. But, But then they got to the land. Ooh, let's get to this capital and nah. white folks are like nah. I think we, we, nah, we we'll keep that we, we've got some truth we've got some reconciliation I'm very sorry but <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep this though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for at this point now yo that's super white do <laughs>
1: They made committees. (laughs) This is so white. (laughs) It
0: was all type of grants. Oh oh. my god! Steering
1: planning meetings.
0: I already know know how 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 many agendas there were. Oh my god! So now that was like ninety four. So Mm -hmm. now it's you know almost twenty five years later, and seventy percent of the farmland is still owned by white people in South Africa, and they're like seven to eight percent of the population, something like that. You know, something wild, and that's also a you know one of the like leading agricultural areas in the region. So that food world. Right. So that food (laughs) is crazy important and that connection to that agricultural industry is really important. So the new political leader of South Africa ran as a central tenet of his campaign as they built their coalition government uh, which we should talk about also coalition governments i 've been real interested in that too yeah that 's hot that 's hot fire <laughs> <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> but the premise was that there would be a reappropriation of the land uh from those white farmers at no compensation mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was the that was what he ran on. he Let got me get elected that about you and then their parliament just voted on an initiative to just examine that as an option, put that on the table, look at what to, to expand what that could mean. Mm-hmm. And it passed like 280 to 40. Like it wasn't even Because there's more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just a, a numbers game. Yeah. <laughs> and so, first of all, white people are freaking out. Uh, many are moving to New Zealand. They're like, man, where else did the British go? Yeah. And I might be able to just skate to. Yeah. Um, and also there was a big campaign on the right in the United States to petition Trump to create a special visa yeah. for white uh, South Africans. <laughs> um, refugees. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the white refugees out here.
1: They don't get enough love <laughs> and credit. No, nah, this, is, this is obviously the, the outrage is ridiculous. Uh, but that's very dope. You know the the hit, I don't think Americans, Black Americans, socially justice oriented Americans, are aware enough of the parallels mm-hmm. uh, between you know South Africa and America, and how much our fights reflect and reflect and mirror each other, and the fact that you know a lot of the, the movements based off the Black Freedom Movement here in the states, and then the trajectory out of that. That mm-hmm. you know this kind of void that which miriam asking, talked about on the show of yeah. like what's ha- what happened after like 73 74 um there was a shift towards solidarity for the apartheid struggle um so that is not like a local like global yeah. n- news over there type of thing that is giving real concrete examples of what is possible now so
0: it's just been really fascinating to think about watch even- out lincoln park <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, right? Uh, it's a
1: different history as well. Yeah, huh?
0: and white folks have the numbers here. Yeah. That's I mean, that's the determinant, it seems like, is like they're who literally who has control of the state and the military. It's I'm not saying they're all like great folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's still people in power, but it's not just the numbers are different. The the yeah, breakdown uh, of power is different.
1: Here's a here's a teacher moment I do in like some workshops mm-hmm. when I'm doing my young uh MC teacher game. Cut the check. <laughs> uh and this really, like, shakes people up, but, like, you know, the progressive air-quote white folks really, like, like being sh- shook up in this way because uh, I, I make them think about their life. My, Shake me my, up. my claim is, or, I'd, or I would uh, welcome someone to challenge me on mm-hmm. this, I don't think there is anywhere in the world, and this is a pretty easy claim, where whiteness is either the majority in terms of population or... In terms of resources, right? So South Africa is an example of not the majority of the population, but obviously the majority of the resources.
0: Mm-hmm. That cannot exist. So there's nowhere where white people aren't either of those.
1: There's nowhere where they aren't either of those without explicit white supremacy. Hmm. Right? So, like, and that includes Europe, right? So, right. so you know, us as students that went to school in Iowa, right, like that being a mostly white state, that does not just happen mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. Where it's just everywhere you go, you see nothing but white people. Or everywhere you go, especially in capitalist systems, yeah. everything is owned by white people. That is an explicit colonial white supremacist product.
0: Hmm. Right. So then when we even talk about the idea of, like, decolonializing something, you know, it's, it's part of what's been so interesting thinking about this. The same, like, within two weeks of Black Panther coming out, which is, like, this imaginary, never colonized state. Mm-hmm. And so, and in the like, imaginative, uh, like collective imaginative joy that that like has brought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, At the mm-hmm. same time, that there's like this active decolonizing happening, right. like within the same week. Yeah. And that is something that, you know, is grounded in reality. And in some ways, that feels like way harder to believe or to like wrap our heads around, <laughs> and like kind of stand behind. Yeah, vibranium makes way more sense. But yeah, than taking back land.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's just been wild. And then thinking about. Um, That in the context of also them, like, running out of water this week. Yeah. So, so, so for those who don't know. So, these are two really,
1: like, significant markers for all of global humanity. Yeah.
0: So, Cape Town, for those who don't know, is scheduled to run out of water basically on July 7th is the date. Um, So, basically, it would just turn off the taps for 4 million people. And they have some large-scale kind of municipal infrastructure plans that are trying to, like, delay it. But basically, like, it ain't looking good. And so on one level, it's another one of those, like, wow, this is like a real white person movie. It's like, oh, you can have the farms. <laughs> we got no water
1: left. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah. It is coinciding. It's some crazy. It's some that. crazy shit. Yeah. Feel free. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, you want a farm? <laughs> I'm going to dip to New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good current event. We should do more current events. We never but, talk current events. Yeah. Yeah. We but, just
0: talk about people's feelings. <laughs> Goddamn feelings.
1: But let's go back. Let's do the thing.
0: Yeah. What do we How's got? the world treating you? How are you treating the world? Man. Um, the world's treating me okay. We mentioned this last week. I was out of town for two and a half weeks traveling. I was in speaking of <laughs> I was in Spain, Morocco, and Italy. It felt like six weeks. But... Oh, I I would be lying if I said I was happy to be home. <laughs> <laughs> it was really wonderful. Shout out to Rosie, my partner who I was traveling with. And yeah, it was just A real When we say, like, how's the world treating you, it's a real nice reminder of how big the world is Mm -hmm. and how, I don't know. I'm just, every decision that I make pretty much in my life about what I want my life to feel like is driven by wanting to have the ability to pick up and go travel Uh, like that for two and a half weeks. Mobility. Yeah, and that flexibility and not being locked in. So it was really beautiful to get to take advantage of that. Uh, And then coming back has been... A little tough. My roommate decided to paint my entire apartment while I was gone. Um, and was, that was not complete when I arrived. So everything was in the middle of the house and all the walls are white and everything's off the walls. Also, uh, shout out to the construction happening for a month on Kedzie between Armitage and Palmer. So they are replacing the water main, which means there's no parking any of the side streets. Or, okay, anyway, that's a big complaint, yeah. but it, it's been a little tricky coming back to you. So the world is treating me well. Um, how am I treating the world... I'm very focused on myself right now Mm -hmm. in a way that is kind of new to me or maybe isn't new to me, but I've been embarrassed about. And yeah, it's just kind of nice sometimes, especially when you're so committed to being around other people. And I feel like I've built some real meaningful relationships Mm -hmm. that I'm not like afraid will disappear overnight. Mm -hmm. So I can like take a little bit of time to try to figure out who I am and and, kind of where I am. So that's... Kinda of where i what I'm doing right now. It's it's nice. How about you? How's the world treating you? How are you treating the world?
1: Yeah. I'm gonna do what we don't do when we ask other people and like mm-hmm. define what that means to me. Okay. Uh and for folks who don't know me or haven't talked to me recently, um the, the, the Boggs, James and Grace Lee Boggs, movement builders from Detroit and philosophers uh of the black freedom struggle and liberation struggles overall are kinda like my my like my mental intellectual compass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one thing that that they pointed out is that the world is a social construct, right? Like the planet is tangible. Earth is a thing that like is a thing, you know? <laughs> uh, but the world is what you know it to be and the world means so it's, it's different. That's why we ask it every week because right. that is a different thing for everybody. So to hear you say that your world expanded, yeah. you know, it it, it it is cool. So um, for me right now, the world's actually, you know, taking pretty good care of me, and I and I can recognize it. Mm. Uh, it, it it's it's protected me uh, and provided for me, you know, adequately my whole life. Sometimes, you know, more than I need, um, but I either took it for granted or was unaware hmm. or was unable to receive it. Yeah, right. And so I'm in a place now where I'm. Uh, having a relationship with my body where I can I can receive the, the, the energy and the resources that the world provides a little bit better.
0: What do you mean uh, about the body part? Where do you feel that gratitude?
1: Yeah, I mean, one, like, not to be too, you know, to, to jump away from some of the, like, Metaphysical, just mm-hmm. like exercise and, yeah, yeah. you know, fruits and vegetables are, are like really my jam
0: right now. For those of you who can't see, Damon has uh, been getting rather swole recently. Oh, oh, I appreciate that, uh, man. Yeah. I, I take all of that gas
1: <laughs> with, without any,
0: <laughs> with no qualms. So. Yeah, he. Uh, next time we record, he's gonna have to go sideways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, really just trying to. Um, <clears throat> Focus on my health, being okay with my sleep schedule, because most mm-hmm. people don't know. I'm like, I think I'm an insomniac. Like I don't know what that really means. Uh, but I regularly stay up to like three, four in the morning. Uh, and like it is very difficult to then be a morning person. So kind of uh, you know, working later and and the afternoon being mm-hmm. more like my my morning yeah. uh, or noonish being more like my morning and like feeling validated and working through that has been good. And, and just like acknowledging pain, um, acknowledging discomfort, stretching. Yeah. Um, and then, on the less like, overtly physical. Uh, when I, when I feel tension or I, you know, I feel shortness of breath or, or I'm feeling social discomfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm stop. I'm, I'm no longer internalizing that or making it my fault. And also getting better and not, just being hurt or critical of other people, hmm. right? So accepting where people are, um, but also accepting the impact that that has on me, and figuring out how to um, reconcile that distance. Um, you
0: said that real casually, but that's like a big deal. It is, and you know, it's it's not. I'm not abs- saying it's yeah, done, Yeah,
2: but... it's not
1: absolute. But I, I, you know, I have a a, a framework, um, and and a lot of it it it, it filters through like being more assertive in the relationship with my mother hmm. um because you know when i realized that is powerful if there are things that i won't take from and shout out mom to moms oh, like she shout out to and moms. everybody who knows mom and people see me on my ig right now we got the cutest picture in the game currently <laughs> in, the, in the ig cycle mm. um but if there are things that i will not
0: the fact that that didn't make the Sock Village Instagram story is really a shame. I don't
1: be out there no more. Jennifer <laughs> got that high park apartment. So shout out to Baby Lady Incorporated. I, I, I'm, a, I'm living bougie.
0: Incorporated. Incorporated. Uh-huh. She's incorporated you into uh, her home.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so if there are things I won't take from my mom, right? Or if there are things that like I can be like, like this is not okay for mm-hmm. me, then it's much easier to say it's not okay if anybody else does it. Right. Right. Like if if my mom can't even talk to me that way, I can then say it's not okay with just how that just was yeah. and not let it fester in me or think what I did wrong or why am I holding on to it. Um, so that's good. And then with that, uh, I'm trying to treat the world well and being present. Um, you know, I, I think one of my, sh- I can kind of be overly accommodating, hmm. um, you know, like without balance. So I think I'm always working to pour into people or prepare myself to pour into people or into communities. Uh, but now it 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 just feels a little bit better. It's actually scary. Hmm. This, What's scary? Um, being well. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because growing up taking that for granted, you know, I, I had a pretty, or I have, I have a a good life that I'm very grateful for, and I have to. Uh, that that makes it difficult to struggle because I am so grateful for, for mm-hmm. my life and for my opportunities. That you know. Be,
0: have you considered taking those opportunities for granted it makes it much easier <laughs> oh
1: oh oh i've i've done my fair share <laughs> uh but you know on, on here I, I try to not be overly transparent but open about mm-hmm. you know mental health and about the ebbs and flows uh of you know well-being and state yeah. and so you know the last 6 weeks eight, two months or so um I've been pretty highly functional. I've yeah. been you know responsive at a level that is pretty close to my max um and and I'm trying to be better at being proactive and preventative and like that yeah. whole listening to the body thing and and not letting it get there, but there still is an unknown about what I am vulnerable to how chemical balances work yeah. and that feels beyond my power mm-hmm. so it's like a piano hanging over my head mm-hmm. or like at some point the other shoe She's is gonna, gonna drop. drop yeah so it's difficult to like make commitments or mm-hmm. to plan ahead because I don't want to make a commitment then then I that I won't be in the state so trying to like be aware of that and and protect and prepare because it might it might just probably just happened
0: you're like the booking agent for future you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> which is a uh, tough cause you, and you can't get future you yeah, on the phone to you, know? you want to do the job
1: uh, or not or or, or if, will there be a conflict so <laughs> th- you know that is a that is a a, a difficult thing of like n- knowing what it feels like to not be well yeah. and starting to have a real uh vocabulary for it mm-hmm. that i did not have makes being well um I'm just aware of the vulnerability and mm-hmm. aware of how unaware I am of some of my vulnerabilities. So,
0: And it feels like fragile? Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, I've been good for a minute now. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: like if I look at the clock, yeah, it's about that time, time, you know? <laughs> so, like, somebody might just say shit to me and I'm like, oh, I'm the worst. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that, that you know, that, that's where um, I'm at. That's how I'm treating the world and the world is
0: treating me. Can we go back to the stuff you're saying about your mom? And it's not an interview of you. Uh, it's a yeah, jump off to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go too deep. No, 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 no. No, for sure. How often would you say you see her? Uh, now, a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's like basically... No, she's not. She, not basically. She's become a part of the Let Us Breathe collection. Hmm. So that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's really powerful. She's like, you know, part of our elder or wisdom and experience <laughs> cypher. <laughs> so now whenever we have those unnecessarily long... <laughs> circles or, like, accountability-type conversation, she's present. And what's dope is that I didn't grow up in, like, a movement household. I didn't grow up in a political... Like, she, you know, she was, like, pro-black in the sense of, like, we go to the theater and see, like, oh, there's black people on stage, you know, Ebony Magazine type shit, Barack Obama. Uh, But, like, you know, she does not have or identify having, like, a radical consciousness. Mm -hmm. So with that, it's cool to just have somebody in the room that has power and that has experience, but is also, like, uh a different viewpoint right right or like a a a a, yeah just like a a a variable or like a wall to throw things against of like this sounds crazy to me right (laughs) like you know what would you go beyond like the intersectional anti-capitalist blah 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 it's just like well, what are y'all doing to yourselves this it doesn't have to be like this right um
0: and And someone who knows you and
1: someone who loves me more than herself you know so uh, it's it's really great. We we you know family dinners happen on Sunday. We've been having the last two at the space. That's cool. So it's you know it's cool see, seeing my mom
0: a good time. That kind of growth is cool. That the reason why I asked is I want to make it about me. I've just been thinking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the best time out. Yeah. Great tip. We you know we are like basically dialogue instructors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for those who don't yeah, know. Yeah. cut the check. Cut the check. Uh. That's a great way to talk about yourself. Is to say, ask when you... the question you want to be asked. Because mm. even if
0: it's not asked back,
1: you mm-hmm. can just respond and like, yeah. For me, it's like this.
0: And the other person might be a little salty, but you've already given your time. Yeah, you started. You yeah, you, you know you, yeah. you open the space for them. Well, I'm gonna take that shit right now uh, because I it just I've been thinking about you know as someone who is not living within three miles of, or a thousand miles of my parents, um, I think I really wrestle with feeling. Like I know our relationship is growing mm-hmm. with, for both of my parents, not mm-hmm. just my mom. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little one. I just feel a little bit like I'm, I'm like getting away with something that like, I don't have to deal with this shit all the time. <laughs> and I don't even mean that my mom is like difficult. Like I, mm-hmm. we actually communicate pretty well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Are, but the, like the constant between, you know, seeing you and Christiana and your mom and then Rosie and her mom who are live sharing space, literally mm-hmm. and, and the, the kind of work it takes to be with someone who you love every day mm-hmm. and the difficulties and the challenges and the pushing gaps and like the, the power dynamics of parent a child yeah boy, changing and evolving and, and all that stuff and i'm just like and, i'm i'm chilling yeah, yeah just gotta answer the phone <laughs> and and we talk a lot like and i go home a lot you but do. it's even now doesn't feel it's just something that i'm very aware of and i think on some level I've been trying to figure out what do I still feel guilty about in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there aren't that many things. Like there's a lot of things that I've managed to push through rather than around guilt and get to a different place in relationship to. I still think I'm like working through some language and some understanding for, for class that I, I still think I hold some pretty deep down class guilt that I don't really know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just feeling kind of guilty of like if I care about someone and I have a real – like, it, I think about having... I think I have a very healthy relationship with my parents, but it's much easier to think that when it's not being tested or challenged all the time. And when I go home, it's, like, a reunion, yeah, yeah. basically. Or we're, like, traveling together or yeah. something like that.
1: Nah, I mean, that's such... I mean, probably since the last time we've done this, I've been to your home twice. Yeah. So it was cool oh, that's see, true. I forgot It's cool to that. see your family dynamic, and I slept in your
0: little brother's room. <laughs> um, what, Yeah, what were your impressions? I'm curious. Or, like, expectations or... Something.
1: Well, one, you know, just... Not being familiar with New York, mm-hmm. it was just wild because, like, I just assumed it was like a standalone house. <laughs> I just always pictured <laughs> yeah, you told me that. I that. in a house. And so, I've like,
0: never, the first backyard I ever had was in Avondale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, yeah, just, just you know, the the apartment. But I think seeing um, seeing the intentionality with which y'all engage each other, because, like, you know, it's kind of like the feel I would have, like, bringing folks home from school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so you know it would definitely be great, kind of, but 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 you guys can go deep. You guys can go deep in front of me, mm-hmm. um, and then seeing the 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 um, the cultural background, seeing you know all the books and you know the music mm-hmm. that's around, and hearing about the fact that like. Your parents are, you know, they, they don't seem to forefront in their identity, but are very active in the yeah. Jewish community. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know, they're like date night was like to go to yeah, whatever yeah. thing that yeah, was. Yeah,
0: they were at services. Yeah. yeah. Were, it was like Tu Shabbat or something. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it was just, it that was. Just, was I asked them, I was like, how was it? They were like, oh, it was nice. There were four people there. <laughs> yeah, it was a double date. I was like, including you and <laughs> in the rabbi. Yeah, that's three. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, so I think. Uh, that that was really cool to see. I think my like upbringing because it was so public. You mm-hmm. know, my dad being an entertainer, myself being like in media and yeah. being covered and acting and you yeah. know, modeling. Uh, it's kind of known why I do some of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing that, like, oh no, this was a deep lineage. The uh, hmm. the. The, the gypsy tap dancing in Paris story is hilarious, <laughs> just for folks who don't know. I can tell. Yeah, I'll do, yeah, it, I'll do it quickly. Real quick. So
0: basically, it was also probably my first encounter with the police, <laughs> now that I think about it. It's so when I was five, right before my brother was born, uh, my parents, and I went Boo to- Boo, Aaron. You <laughs> ruined it all. Yeah, stay You're... in Nicaragua. Don't come back. He's studying abroad right now. I'm actually going down to visit him in May, which oh, I'm really cool. excited about. Shout out to my brother, A.K. Nah, Little Bear. Super, super shout out. Uh, we will get him. I want to have him up hey, here. I think it'll be so really cool. fun, and his music's really good. I hope you he doesn't like-
1: Feel like I'm demeaning when I say he's so adorable.
0: No, he knows. Okay, he's a real adorable little kid and a grown man who makes beautiful music. You can check out his stuff at Little Bear Sounds like on SoundCloud or just type Little Bear on Spotify. New album coming soon. Ooh, that's an exclusive. Ooh, you had to get to the 29 minute, but you got the exclusive. (laughs) Um. What were we saying? I just went into management. You mode.
1: almost got arrested by Interpol. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> so before my brother was born, uh, we we took a trip. So I was five years old, and my parents and I took a trip to Paris. Um, and for those who don't know, I don't publicize this much, but I was a self-taught, self-taught uh, tap dancer. <laughs> So when I was about three and a half, I got real obsessed with like old school uh, Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire movies. And at one point you had rented out
1: every Fred mm-hmm. Astaire movie in the entire New York, New York public, public. Yep.
0: library system. So I learned how to work the interlibrary loan system. And so I would go to the library and I would put in a hold on, you know, anything American in Paris, which is why we went to Paris low key or, uh, you know, Anchors Away or Easter Parade. These are just some classics that you if you, you're familiar <laughs> with. <laughs> but so I would I would come home from, from nursery school or come home from kindergarten. I would change into like a little like bow tie and jacket. Mm-hmm. And then I would go down in the lobby and I would practice my tap dancing. And I never took lessons. I took one lesson and I it wasn't uh, you. Absolutely not. Um but I would watch the moves over and over again on the videotapes and like rewind it and watch it, and then I would practice it and come up with my own stuff. And my parents you know, were very supportive and took me to some different places where, you know, some tap open jams cyphers. and stuff. Like, exactly. Some, some, some open mics. And shit got real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're in Paris and we're in some big like plaza and we're just sitting and I decided to put on my tap shoes as I was wont to do. Because you were... Where a scene happened in a movie, right? Yeah, 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 It was in an American in American Paris, which is actually a beautiful movie. Uh which I Stop with the with. old movies, man. You already got the 1927. Oh Metropolis it's, it's, gang. <laughs> um Yeah. For, actually I've never talked about it. I like really love movies. And shout out to movies. Say, shout I, out to I, can, I, can't, I can't argue. Shout that. out to mom, shout out to movies. I can't back movies. Shout out to TV, shout out to Podcast. Shout out at all. <laughs> <laughs> Find some good stuff. All right, stuff let's get to the story. Let's. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> stay on. I'll stay on, on task. So I start tap dancing. To make a long story short, because that was what I did then, and not unintentionally, uh, I had left one of my non-tap shoes out, mm-hmm. like in front of me where I was dancing, and people started gathering around, and they started putting money in my other shoe uh, that was just lying on the ground, and it became, you know, there were probably sixty, seventy-five people gather around watching, and it was just like this fun thing, and uh, then we packed all up and we went uh into a museum and then it was later in the day anyway. So I made a little bit of money and we're sitting, uh, this is now it's nighttime, on a stoop mm-hmm. in Paris. My mom is on a payphone, she's the only one who speaks French between the three of us. Mm-hmm. I'm five, I barely speak English. And my dad and I are sitting on a stoop and we're counting the money I made, the coins, and these two older French women walk by and like nod at us and kinda of look at us and we nod. And then like five minutes later, four French police officers like swarm us. Fucking snitches. And, ju- <laughs> and just start barking orders at us in French and none of us under- neither of us understand it. And my mom is on the phone because we're staying, a little backstory, we're staying in an apartment, family friend zone, that has no furniture. It just as an air mattress, but we got mm-hmm. to stay there for free. And it doesn't have a phone. So she's like setting up the plan. So she doesn't see what's going on. And it turned out what, had happened was those two women had passed. My dad was wearing like a big straw hat and they had thought... He looked like a gypsy. (laughs) Right. So that's the term that like... Yeah. So basically these two, these two women thought that we were Roman that he was using me to beg uh, for money, which is illegal and also the Roma community across Western Europe and Eastern Europe is crazy oh, right. persecuted. You're supposed
1: to not use that language anymore. Yeah, it's not a great one.
0: Um, but I wasn't gonna come at you for yeah, it. Yeah. So there's a little learning moment also, don't use the word gypsy. Um but eventually we like explained it I've been and watching they, peaky blinders and they self identify. Interesting. So, so that's but that was a br- br- I also like, would maybe say don't use the word peaky blinders, which is some real silly funny sounding words. I just think that sounds really funny oh. at the show. <laughs> I would have watched that show more if they had renamed it something else. <laughs> But anyway, it all worked out. You're good. Yeah, we 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 escaped. Once they realized that we were just regular old American white people, mm. they let us go. Um, but we didn't have our papers on us, nothing, and it looked it looked real bad. But I forgot one piece, and then I promise I'm done with this story. After I did the tap dancing and I made the money, my parents were like, can you believe that this happened to me? And I looked at them, I go, you know, I always knew this was going to happen, <laughs> but I didn't think it would happen until I was older, like seven or eight <laughs> You knew you would have the stage in Paris. Oh yeah, I mean, no question. I but was not at five. This is it's <laughs> a little early. I got called up. Too early. This is shocking. So that's the story of how <laughs> I almost got arrested in Paris. But coming off, <laughs> I don't have
1: like a, a direct follow up to that story. No, that's fine. But, but coming off like kind of what we're talking about, like mm-hmm. our relationship with our parents as 25. You know, you just turned 26. 26. Yeah, mid 20 folks. And um, I think a lot of our listenership is in the 18 to 35. Mm-hmm. range uh is like this is the weirdest transition mm-hmm. in terms of like relationship gen- the generation, no relationship because you're certainly not like a subordinate dependent as you are like when you're a legal minor or like yeah. in someone's household but you're not the taking care of the family like head of the household income yeah. earner so that weird transition is like i don't know if you're getting old or if I'm becoming adult. <laughs> like, right, right. were you always kind of like this? You're right. like saying some weird things here. I don't yeah. know. Uh, it just the, the the transition of relationship because, like, watching how my parents are with their parents, right? It's yeah, they are certainly the dominant figure, right? Like hmm. my grandparents, you know, the dependency reverses. It has like fully shifted, mm-hmm. and probably my whole life, you know, hmm. or at least in my purview, maybe it's you know intensified. And so this right now of kind of this like no man's land of how power works, uh, and that's some. I don't know how to politicize, but, like, the the way that we institute parent-to-child relationship, like, on a legal level. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that it's legal, basically, to be violent with your child. Right. Like, it's it's more or less like your property. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's real messed up, man. We got to figure that out while still protecting and nurturing and taking care of our kids. And then we
0: flip the script, and it's legal to institutionalize your parent. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's the real yeah, wild thing, is yeah. that when that power then fully right, shifts— right and there's the abdication of that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not not I have never had to put anyone in a nursing home. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah. that. I it's also It's not problem. an individual
1: problem. It's certainly right. a collective communal problem.
0: But there's no way the same way that like policing is clearly not the best way to handle Oh no, harm. yeah, they should like, be abolished. Putting people in nursing homes can't yeah. be the best way to do that. So m- maybe we should like <laughs>
1: expand it past- maybe there's a word for all of these things cuz they're all really the same place mm-hmm. with different intensity and function mm-hmm. schools hospitals mental health facilities uh f- you know centers for the elderly so
0: institutions is what you're saying
1: but no like not every institution is like those places mm-hmm. right like yeah. um there was like one more but they all are this same kind of carceral
0: yeah thing yeah. um and yeah that, that like a holding place a place yeah. that holds people yeah yeah and not in like a a hug, a hug way yeah yeah well, we don't have an answer. <laughs> Sorry. But on that actually that makes me think of something else that I wanted to talk about. Um which, you know, we're 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 real big, like we use a lot of words and mm-hmm. we talk a lot shout on out, here. Shout out to the words. And you know, it's funny, I was going back and listening to an old episode and feeling, you know, as I'm growing and getting older and just realizing that I sounded a lot more certain. Two years ago, on the radio and off the radio, than I think I try to now. Like I think I was trying way harder to, sound, to like you know sound like about. I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I don't think I knew more then than I know now. I think I was just less comfortable showing yeah. that I didn't know. There's no way it's, I knew it's, more that than than I know now. The concept of knowledge would make that impossible. Yeah, probably unless I'm just forgetting shit left and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been my my like new thing, and I'm curious what you think about this. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be more comfortable being less of an absolutist. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I swear to God, I did not mean to do that. <laughs> how about, while not being a centrist, right? So Define it's not centrist s- for me. being like, well, both sides have an argument. Oh, okay. Right, and right, right, I don't right, want right. to take a stance because Indecisive, I don't want to alienate or, anybody. Or, or I'm, I would call that irresponsible. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I'm trying not yeah, to be it. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to be open. You can always tell like what I'm working on based off what other podcasts I'm listening to. <laughs> so I've been listening, and I'm not saying that this, this is... is why. I mm-hmm. think this is
1: the central reason why people like our podcast. Those who do, shout out to the people who like shout it. Shout out to the listeners. i like you, oh, um, most of you. No, if you like us, you got me. I might not actually like <laughs> what you're about, but I'm very uh, susceptible. So if you're trying to, to get on David's affirmation good side. <laughs> and flatter. just come up and tell me you like I'm like shocked every time and like humble. But
0: also shout out to the six people who have given us five stars on iTunes. For those who haven't, go ahead and subscribe ooh, and review us ooh, and give us those ooh, five stars.
1: Ooh, that's that's big time right there. All five. But anyway, your point. Our dynamic of you are a person who avidly <laughs> listens to podcasts, and I will never <laughs> listen to a podcast unless I'm with you like it's not even like a, 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 a you're not anti yeah it's not an aversion or like ah oh, but it's just not my jam but
0: I don't think you consume less you consume
1: more stuff than way me. yeah a whole bunch of content right but just not in I'm never medium. gonna sit down and be like let me t-. so I'm like I am so fresh mm-hmm. to this game yeah yeah where I like have such a, a insular even though you're
0: an experienced podcaster at this point, at this
1: point I am yeah. I am with it. So I think that is that is like one of the strengths of, mm. of what's happening here at Ergo.
0: Call us and uh, let us know what other strengths. <laughs> but no, you were saying. But so the, the absolute, is, I've been listening to podcast. I've been listening to Joe Rogan a bunch. Uh, who interesting fellow is a fascinating fellow, <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out like what it is about. For those who don't know, he's a a comic and a podcaster and a mixed martial arts commentator and like a hunter, but like a and, co-
1: also, the former host of Fear Factor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's famous, which is what makes all of this so wild. <laughs> That's true. Um, and just he, like if Ryan Seacrest wasn't that guy, you know, right. he's, he's just
0: like a— First of all, boo Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Anyway, no, alle- in sorry. general, I anal- allegations against Ryan Seacrest. Anyway, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh. assistant. Um, and uh, he still got to host the record for the Oscars last night.
1: Ooh, that's the place. <laughs> Taraji P. Henson
0: they're... gave him some really good shade. Ooh, to, yeah. to him? Yeah, she was like, good people uh, end up winning in the end. She was like, I, I think you know that good people end up winning. He was like, how, did, how has all this growth happened? And she was like, well, I just think, as you know, good people end up winning in the end. And then she pinched his cheek, <laughs> <laughs> which is just a great move. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he's like this fascinating dude, and he's like, "You." his whole thing is you can't box me because I don't take – I have things I believe, but I'm not fitting into one of one side or the other mm-hmm. on things. I'm an open person. I have a sense of what I think is the right way to approach the world. If you can show me something different, I'm completely open to changing it. I'm not going to let you tell me who you think I am. I'm going to continue to surprise you. And not in like a contrarian way, but in just an open way. Um, and, you know, he's like a 45-year-old white dude who hunts and has, you know, Conspiracy theorists on his pocket, you know. It's mm-hmm. he's an entertainer, right? He's just an interesting guy, and there are some things that you know, the, the way when you're reading a book, you like there are pieces of this that I'll take with me and pieces mm-hmm. of this I'll leave behind. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's been really appealing to me is that above all else, he is committed to being open mm-hmm. to ideas, to people, uh, to just how he Without approaches being the CNN. world. Right, exactly. He's not he's not a centrist. Yeah. And so I've been trying to figure out what to do with that and realizing how much of what I believe or what I have said I believe is really just stuff that I've heard other people say that made sense to me at the time and then I've just been like, oh, I guess that's what I believe and then realizing that those people actually probably don't know as much as they're acting like they know and they're doing the same thing I was doing and that I don't want to just be parroting someone without actually understanding what they're saying. So I don't know what to do about this and I think it's not necessarily helpful as like, campaign based organizing
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um and it's not like the way right now the world is working which i think is part of why i'm res- trying to be attentive to this is mm-hmm. that you know everything is which box are you so yeah. uh yeah i'm trying to be less absolute and i think it means you know listening to people say things that a lot of people we know or people we've had on the show or friends would turn off mm-hmm. um and trying to figure out is this actually, what are they actually saying here?
1: Or even if they are dead wrong, understanding where that you know, mm-hmm. incorrectness is coming from.
0: Right. But even before you go to they're yeah, yeah, dead yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying like allowing that too yeah, as well. Because I just, I think we have, we all have darkness in us and you need to be able to have space to talk about those things. Yeah. And and I you know, think that's getting pushed yeah, out. We're not,
1: let me not, let me not uh, upset. Most of the world. Uh, We're not these perfect creatures, right? Like, we're not, we're not. um...
0: I know what you were going to say. No, I'm not
1: going to say how I was going to say it because it's, you know, it's controversial. We're coming
0: for you, God. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Shout Um, out to God. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) No, shout out to God and life and all of that. Um, But yeah, you know, we're we're not, (laughs) we're not iPhones, like, right? Like, we're not. Right designed in some way that is going to always have the the, the right update we are also iphones break so the, right, even they don't right? do that and so we, we, you know we are the which my phone broke today Ooh, anyway R. R. go R. ahead r.i.p mm-hmm. R. Mm-hmm. we are the product of our experiences and our inheritance right and our all we inherit is the experiences that came before um and so with that <clears throat> understanding that we're all just basically responding to light right like i think of a bunch of amoebas <laughs> and some fluid and they're just like all shaking around like that's what we're doing that's at a much fun. more complex yeah. level uh and so it's not like you know it's just like oh there's light over here and now i've built this pattern of going towards that light or going right. towards that
0: microorganism you know or going towards that, that food. idea or that mm-hmm. response or that stimulation or that yeah. and, and
1: so you know I'll In my so f- f- also, folks who haven't talked to me recently, I'm developing this project that is after the uh, James and Grace Lee Boggs book really published in 1974 called Revolution and Evolution in the 20th Century. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the the concepts that I take from Nair that I- I- is really powerful uh, is that reality is dynamic, and by dynamic meaning not static, changing, right? Mm-hmm. Always, reality is relative to. It's also a subjective experience so with that there is no absolute truth. So truth is to be created, not discovered mm-hmm. right so the, the the truth lies within within us there is no encyclopedia of life that we can go to to fact check or to you know verify or corroborate there's no judge. Um, and so accepting that and then building a philosophy and an ideology and a politic uh, that pr- is responsive and creative and proactive with the understanding of there are no absolutes. And so yeah. tr- trying to stand on that is then being conservative, right? You were trying to conserve an idea you once had, but no idea is fixed. All ideas bring new information and new realities. Uh, and so accepting that is kind of how you get with the shits, you know? Like that's that's the way to, to, to really be in the mix and to move like water yeah. instead of a stone.
0: So to get a little more grounded or concrete, you know, where in your life... Because that's something I'm having trouble with is being around people who are not moving like water. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And also not feeling like, one, it's my responsibility to be like, move like water. Mm -hmm. And two. Because that's also not moving like water.
1: Right. Exactly. Water's not trying to get the trees to move. It's like, I'm just going to flow.
0: Right. (laughs) And that's, so how do you, maybe, I think there have been like other, a few moments recently been like, I just stay home. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe that's one way to do it.
1: I am getting m- more comfortable with that, yeah, um, but you know something that i j you know this is we're talking about things that are like are this week for me, yeah, um acceptance and patience, hmm. right, like um one accepting that all the people are the products of what they are, yeah you know and what they've been through, and so to expect things that won't hurt you to accept expect things that will suit your comfort uh is self-harm. Yeah. Right. So accepting who you are, accepting what other people are what other people are, but that does not mean that I have to discard my perpetual quest for transformation and for us to be better. But right? it's
0: having a realistic expectation. So, it's like don't go to the hardware store for oranges over mm-hmm. and over again and then be mad that they yeah, don't have oranges right. over and over again. And then
1: have be have patience, right? Like, you know, if it wasn't our Corporatocracy, like, oranges are only supposed to grow at a certain time in certain places, right? <laughs> uh, and you're not supposed to have them every day yeah. at your fingertip. Uh, so accepting that, you know, this is, that we have to build a generation's worth of patience in all that we want to see. Um, and so for me, whether it is accountability with an individual which is, you know, me trying to learn or the the art the art I'm trying to create or the ideas I'm trying to produce or doing this work right here yeah. is accepting even if I'm not doing it in this form this is beginning or pouring into something I'm doing for the next 50 years. Hmm. Right? So so like having that type of patience of okay, maybe in 50 years people will have a, a larger capacity to be accountable for their actions mm-hmm. in a transformative and reparative way, yeah. right? But because, I I, so. because I've now found that in the last four years to move the world with the expectation that anybody interacts with me or anybody interacts with the places where I hold power or, yeah. or can shape um, have to be at this standard or
0: have this understanding. Or that it's not going to change for you. You know, you know it's going to keep you you're even your understanding of it it's not like right. you got this there is how waiting for everyone to catch up rj is
1: happens and this is always going to be <laughs> yeah, like yeah, this yeah. like right like it is a dynamic process uh and so having that patience of i hope to live at least 50 more
0: years um so to that point let's maybe not go 50 years but let's go like 30 years what are the like a couple versions of what 55 year old damon is like and you, what were? you are go you? first you want me to answer for you or for me? I'll <laughs> oh, answer for me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um I think there's like a 30% chance I live on a farm. I think and this is this is the last stop?
1: Or this is just a, a you know, a little a little jet little midlife jet to a farm. You're not getting a Corvette, you're getting a little a couple acres somewhere.
0: <laughs> I'll take rutabagos over Corvettes any day. I think even if, even at that what a, time, what a word, Rutabaga. What a word. That's a real good oh, one. Man. Yeah, I had that one in the back pocket. Oh, that's going to <laughs> Incidentally, Rutabaga is real tough to fit in your back pocket. <laughs> uh, but I don't think, even if I was living on the farm, I don't think I could be there every day nonstop. My, the like part our, of like
1: a farm co op community, you can, no, but like, even then, go in I got to go somewhere. Else. Yeah, I still will yeah. have my Wanderlust. Yeah. So,
0: my point is, I want, so I'm going to become a very, very, the way, the only way that I've come up with that anyone will pay me a lot of money is I become a very successful music producer, um, uh, mu- music supervisor for movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which, first of all, if you're making a web series or a film or a TV show, I have experience. I'd love to do it. Supervise your music. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but here's the goal, right? Super. I spend one week every six weeks in L.A. or New York doing music supervising stuff, meetings, connecting with people. Spend the other five weeks on the farm, still doing that work, because mm-hmm. you can do it pretty much remotely, getting mm-hmm. music placed, working out contracts, and then I'm just on this farm, maybe in the Hudson Valley, maybe, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, whatever, wherever it is. Um, but I'm growing stuff. I'm connected to land in that way. So there's one. The al- another alternative is I'm just a real douchebag. <laughs> Ooh, That's
2: always a <laughs> I, I'm just like a
0: 55-year-old real douchebag who I've gotten better at talking and worse at thinking. And I, like, don't have any new ideas. And I'm collecting yeah. checks for consulting on some shit. And I'm a, you know, leveraging the, the, I'm still talking only about the things that have happened in the last two years from 22 to 25. And that's like giving me my cred the same way. Like, people, you know, old white people get in trouble. They're like, but I marched with MLK. It's like, well, first of all, if you all marched with MLK, there would be a lot more white people yeah. at those protests. Second of all...
1: There was a there was 100,000 people in Detroit with
2: MLK March.
1: <laughs> right. So, like, good job.
0: <laughs> you stumbled across yeah. a march. Big deal. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not a guy coasting off of my, uh, my marching at 22. Anyway, so th- those are two versions. And then there's a third version where I do not live in the United States. And I think there's a good chance of that as well. Um, and I have no idea That's where alive. it would be. But having been over the last few weeks in Spain, Morocco, and Italy, which are three very different places and really fat from each other and from here, mm-hmm. it's just always good to be reminded. And it's kind of what I was saying at the beginning, that even though the U.S. is the center of a global empire that is slowly destroying the earth and quickly destroying the earth,
2: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm
0: we're not really on everyone's mind all the Like yeah. people in Spain are being Spanish. People mm-hmm. in Morocco are being Moroccan. They're not thinking about America all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And they wish they could think about America less. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been, that's, that's very tempting to me to have that like escape hatch. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a version of all this that exists outside of the four walls of the United States. Um, and I don't really know what that looks like. How about you? So word. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> you
1: wanna uh, come? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna uh it's difficult to answer right now, mm-hmm. actually. Uh for the first time in my life, I have like the next 10 the next 10 years I can like see, right? Like I've been planning 2020 pretty intensely over the last like month or two. Uh hmm. and like I I I'm I can see 35-year-old Damon right now. Um, but fifty five is much. How do you harder. cut your
0: hair since then? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm, At thirty five, I am I am contemplating it. It's either mm-hmm. locked up or freshly cut. Okay, just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 grown for significantly and longer. Like, I have
0: the next ten years planned out, but only in regard to my hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but fifteen to twenty year old Damon yeah. thought about fifty five year old Damon a lot, hmm. uh, and so That's interesting. When I think back on what that was, um, one thing was like. I was going to have a community center. And, like, I'm kind of doing that now. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, what do I need to work for? But the, the idea was I was going to have be such a successful businessman or and or performer that, like, my benevolence was going to be, you know, south
0: side altering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having a more humble person. Uh, you would position. open, like, a like a presidential library of sorts that would just magically save the outside. Side? Nah, was just I, like, I was
1: thinking, like, you know, a, no, a, a business development, yeah. youth development, probably have, like, some music studios and mm-hmm. maybe have some type of, like, bat, you know athletics and sports type of thing. Yeah. And, and, like, I envisioned it, like, somewhere off of 87th and Ashland. Like, kind of, that's where I—either, like, just north or south on Ashland or just east or west on 87th mm-hmm. uh, was, like, what I used to say— um, or the other thing I would say is that in my fifties, I would like, if I was really successful, I would like to be assassinated by white people or not like to, but I'm kind of like accepting that that's where I'm headed if, if I do what I want. And so like, that could still, that could still go down. <laughs> so we could hey, we get that back, back in the back. Never say never. <laughs> you know? Um, yeesh. But, but as I think now, uh, I think being much more global, um, oh I think, <laughs> You know, I, I I see myself either <laughs> There's having...
0: There's a 25-year-old FBI agent going, 30 years, right. I think I'm going to have assassinated. Yeah, I, anyway. I, think, I
1: think I'm going to be at that level then. <laughs> I, I can get my assassination <laughs> credentials. <laughs> Shout out to the fizz. listening to oh, all man. these episodes. I hope episodes you enjoy the show. And my phone. <laughs> uh, but, like, to be less uh, silly uh, and morbid, mm-hmm. um, you know... Black liberation movement building is, you know, at the forefront of me right now, and it's very small, also, like, abstract, uh, and, like, immediate, and the desire is to be connected and and network with the diaspora, and if technology continues to uh, advance anywhere near the level it has advanced over the last hundred years or the last ten years, um, the ability to move and the ability to connect— uh, with people and to communicate and to traverse language barriers is going to yeah. be at a whole another level. So, you know, either having s- multiple spots and always on the move, whether it be on the continent or in Brazil or throughout the Caribbean, um, or having, like, a, a, a satellite home in Uganda or mm-hmm. Tanzania or Ethiopia yeah. or Uruguay or something and, like, yeah. being really locally focused on something that has nothing to do with America yeah, and like dressing all differently and being weird. <laughs> uh I could definitely see that happen. But I I, I you know, I want to be on the south side forever too. So well,
0: you could be the south side of wherever you are. Yeah. That's one
1: way to do that. I also kind of want to be like a a working stay at home dad. Hmm. Which my dad kind of was. Yeah. You know, like he he was a, a provider for, you know, not just my household, but like my, you know, family at large. But most of his work would be on weekends or yeah. during the night so there was many days where he was picking me up or he could like bring me lunch to school <laughs> or you know we're bike riding in the summer and stuff like summer, summer vacation was lit for my dad because oh, yeah cause he had a, a boy he had his boy yeah, with him yeah. uh not like oh my boy and my son let's go like yeah. his homie you know yeah. <laughs> so he was playing playstation and he was in it uh he was like man I was I was smoking weed and gangbanging at 14 you know I get to actually do this childhood thing yeah. for real and I paid for it uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, if I don't know that I'll be as stable as him, as young as he was able to do it, hmm. but I would love to be able to like just be a really, really good father. Yeah, you father think you think you'll be
0: a dad? Yeah, this is shout out to our kids listening thirty years from now. Ooh, I I uh, hope you're cool. Um, yeah. you better not, not be cool you have no choice <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're definitely on punishment if you're not cool and
0: also just because Damon's dad played PlayStation with him doesn't mean he's going to play PlayStation with you, right away, with you right away you still have to do your homework uh, homework's homework, homework <laughs> but, but let, let, we only have a couple minutes so we can talk forever but uh, well, yeah let's stay on that how's the how do you think about that stuff because it's something that one, I've always wanted to do mm-hmm. is be a father. Like it has been exciting to me since I was very, very young. Very young. Yeah. I think
1: that, that's another privilege. I think that we share. We both have real strong connections with our dads yeah. to the point that I was like, wow, not only is this great and I'm loving this, you look like you're having fun. Yeah. Like I want to be, I want to do what yeah. you're doing and see if I can even do it better. Yeah. And you're doing it well. Good yeah.
0: job. Yeah. And then, but it, I feel it changing. I feel not less so. Like I don't want it less,
1: but but you're less absolute
0: about it, and it's less scary to me, right? Yeah, yeah. I not that I look. Anyone who knows me knows I am not ready to be a father currently. at Twenty six years old. You're a worrier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're much less of a worrier than than, than I you, used to be. Than you've been, but at at your core.
0: Ooh, that gives me a good. You are a that worrier. gives me a good last question that we'll, we'll uh, come to. Right. Um, but I. I I'm just less terrified by the idea of it and it, it feels less impractical and it feels less – it feels equally as scary and much less impossible Um, to think about like, you know, yeah, I could – The 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 line that I always come back to is like, I've never done this before but I've never done things that I've never done before before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I feel like I could do it. I'm not ready but I could how do you feel like your thinking around this is changing? Yeah, I I think, I think
1: like with planning, I'm a couple of years away from like being like comfortable or eager. Hmm. Uh, I think, you know, if the unexpected were to happen or, you know, I I don't know how how deep I should get into it, but you know, I've, I've, there's been pregnancy scares. Yeah, Yeah, me too. (laughs) And it was at the point where like, you know, going through that that very difficult conversation as a transitioning into adulthood, but it felt like being too young doesn't feel like the excuse,
0: right? Right. It's now. like the same way you talked about turning twenty-five. Yeah, though, yeah. Though, like, it's like, the, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You don't get any like leeway anymore. Like I, you know, I am old enough to do it. This might not be what I want to do, but you know. <laughs> right. So so you know, with that having been a while, I, I you know I I am prepared for the responsibility. Um, but I I think, and this might be you know cultural, uh, and it might it might even be like you know, uh, part of the environment of, like, our segregated realities um, is I I noticed, or at at our graduation, actually, Hmm. um, I noticed how much younger my parents were than, like, almost all of the parents. Hmm. um, And my parents weren't considered young parents in my community, right? And so uh, letting go of that idea of, like, you know, I need to not be too old when I start. And it's like seeing like all of my peers who are, are much more at least adjusted to this college experience. Maybe well, maybe that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But they seem to have been all right here and like mm-hmm. had a decent relationship with their folks. And they are all involved and healthy and moving around. But they're definitely all like 7 to 10 years older than my parents. So mm-hmm. I can be patient. You know, my, my mom was 29. My dad was 27. I'm right. 25. Right. Um, so I'm close to the age he was when he had me. Um, and, I, you know, I feel like I could go a good hot seven to nine more years <laughs> rocking because I haven't even kicked it yet. That's that is my that is my actual fear yeah. uh, is is that because of my my like isolated ways and the ways I feel just like kind of disconnected from community mm-hmm. uh, that I'm not having the fun that I need. This is the time mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, um, because once I'm in because I'm going to do I'm going to be. I'm going to be hot on the parenting game. So once that happens, it's like a <laughs> lot know, of shit is, is out deep. the window. Yeah. So that's that's my thing is like I need to be more intentional about enjoying myself right now.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You should travel.
1: I should. I'm trying. To, yeah, yeah. Out, out of
0: the country is what yeah. you mean.
1: <laughs> Let's say I'm trying to go to L.A. i to go- uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> not like, yeah, you should really go to Michigan for a weekend. <laughs> 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 Though, you know, that is not a bad idea as well. All right, before we get out of here, you said um, you had one thing. Yeah, now I gotta remember what it was. It was after you said, Oh yeah, saying that realizing that I'm less of a warrior and noticing that I'm mm-hmm, less of a warrior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's one way other than that, let's say in the two and a half years that we've been doing the show, like a, a a tangible or emotional or just overall demeanor change or in interacting with the world that you've seen in me, and then I'll give you one.
1: That has changed?
0: Yeah. Um. A way that I've like tangibly changed in the two and a half years we've done it. I think the,
1: um, and we were kind of talking about this mode bef- before we got on mic, um, the self-imposed urgency hmm. is reduced. Um, you know, f- folks who are, are are highly productive, generally, and I think you're a productive person, but then productive in the sense of like event production, yeah. um, are often in that rip and run mode. It's kind of all, you know, before every show is a crisis and uh, that kind of just spills over Hmm. into like just day to day life and every day is. And so I've seen that, you know, fall back, Um, you know, I, I, I. I, I, I kind of relied on some of those things that like <laughs> are not my strong suit so, or sometimes even like make me unco- not like you're making me uncomfortable, but those yeah, like, that, traits that make mode, me uncomfortable yeah. uh, on like doing the show effectively, like yeah. hitting up people a bunch of times and all, all of those type of things. Yeah. But I've seen you become much more lax, you know, if something's about to go wrong, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, ah, this isn't this is going wrong. All right. All right. Well, you know, we'll, we'll do it. So just just going with the flow. Uh, definitely, you know, our work on the road. Which is much more like intensive or grueling than this. You know, we might have a two hour day or a ten hour day or a six hour yeah. day. Um, you know, seeing how you will put stuff together when we was in school or like when we was first getting started, like the first like we go or something. Yeah. To how you move now. There's just uh hmm. a a a healthier calm. Yeah. While while not being diminished, but that that's Yeah, early. it's
0: realizing that like yeah, first of all, thanks. That means a lot. I mean it's <laughs> and it's just realizing that like the anxiety is not what makes me good at doing things. The anxiety mm-hmm. is actually making it harder, but for a long time, I thought that the reason why I was an effective producer of things was because I was anxious about it, which like sounds silly to say, yeah. but it's the same way that like comics are like if I go and get a more balanced like brain Lifestyle. I won't be funny <laughs> anymore, you know um like Eminem
1: M&M shit, yeah, oh, yeah
0: exactly, and he's. The exception that proves the rule, I guess, in this case, is yeah. he, like, got his shit together. And, and it's, it's like, it's not, ooh, oh, buddy. Ooh,
1: you should get unhealthy if you try to, <laughs> if you try to kick this one, Just from an terrible. album perspective. Yeah, that's terrible. He's, and, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, in a, uh, in a di- hearing you say that, in, a, yeah. in addition, I think the show, our relationship, and the way you're just moving in the world, and, and this is one of the things that I'm most uncomfortable that I have a propensity to do is, like, Giving credit to like white people dealing with whiteness, uh, <laughs> but but the, but but I think the way that you have a deeper understanding of power and privilege and how you occupy it as you know a a a provided for white man who has an you know a liberal arts education mm-hmm. um, wrestling through that ideologically, I think you move in space differently because people don't know this. We met second semester freshman year in an African American lit class. <laughs> and you were a lot. <laughs> right? So from that context to now, I think I think it is is much more like a um you have a same appreciation and excitement for the things but also a deep understanding of mm. how you occupy space.
0: Mm. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's interesting. I forgot about the classes. <laughs> center <point> of that. <laughs> um, all right, let me let me let me think real quick to give you one before we get out of here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what made, I guess, pretty early on in doing the show, coming to like a real respect for. Your discomfort or displeasure with promoting stuff, and understanding that in the context of not wanting to be someone promoting an individual over mm-hmm. the work and, mm-hmm. and all that, and that being something that I accepted very quickly, um, but I definitely like didn't understand at all, mm-hmm. um, or like I did in my head, but not like why as a person you would want that, and so and I and I watched you struggling with it also to be like how do I still be me. Mm-hmm. And so what I think I've seen is not that you came to terms or got comfortable with that. It's that who you were changed mm. and who you are is someone who has a different relationship to that. So it's not, you didn't figure out how to be in space as that person and be cool with it. You were willing to let and forced to let yourself evolve in a way that like took that idea and then put that into practice in your body. Mm. Um, so embodying that rather than just trying to respect it. Mm. Um yeah that's something that i've seen and you figure out you know what not just where it's like meaningful or worthwhile to show up and be all of those skills but Mm. like where it feels good rather than just meeting people's expectations of Mm. you Mm. and and not also not letting those skills fall to the wayside uh, and and valuing them even when other people don't so that's Mm. what i would say i appreciate that that's good to hear man and you want to throw beef with an R&B singer?
1: I ah, I, I thought this was gonna—you got to go first because this—this is so deep for me. Yeah, that—that it—it—it that it, 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 ah—it—it's hard to choose, and they—I forget them because like all the time, I'm like ah, I got beef. You know, you need beef with an R&B singer playlist. Yeah, I do, I do, and it's—it's it's difficult because I always want to come up with new ones, and I can't remember if someone said them. Mm. Uh, so I have so many. I mean, definitely, just last night we just having conversation about Keith Sweat, and it's just
0: like. <laughs>
2: Just, yeah. just,
1: oh. Uh, so I'll start with there, but I, I probably have four. So keep, oh man. But I'm, I may forget them. So yeah. that might, that might be it. But I hope to come with some more fire. Keep, keep
0: it going. Yeah. I always have trouble with, I, I'm never as good. At, it just isn't, it doesn't mean as much to me. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest, it's just not as central to my core. Um, <laughs> hmm. I'm not going to give you a beat with an R&B singer, but I am going to talk about something that I've been thinking about Okay, real quick before. And it's, it's R&B Adjace. You have that agency. I spent a couple of days ago, uh, a good two and a half hour chunk of time watching Eddie Murphy be interviewed by David Letterman every time that he was on Letterman, <laughs> which I recommend if you like both of them. And I love David Letterman. I'm <laughs> obsessed with him. Uh just hearing eddie murphy talk about making an r&b album is the really funny in like real time like, seriously yeah like, yeah R&B. he was like i don't know if you guys are gonna like it because it's not funny because <laughs> now we think oh there was yeah, that time when yeah, eddie murphy did party all the time and yeah. then put on. An, and at that point
1: he was the biggest comedian in the world it would be like kevin hart trying to be serious
0: yeah kevin hart being like yeah i mean i i made a i made a funk album yeah <laughs> and it's not funny <laughs> And Bootsy Collins produced yeah. it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, because so, it wasn't like some bullshit he just did. It, no, so like,
0: like Rick, Rick James. <laughs> and Stevie Wonder wrote two songs on the album. Yeah. So uh, that was just something I had a real appreciation for, <laughs> was watching him be visibly uncomfortable, being like, I, uh, I like to sing, and I hope you like it. <laughs> it. It's the only thing akin to it is the, like, if you if you throw out the conspiracy theory, it's the like Michael Jordan baseball thing. Do you think Michael ooh, do you think Michael Jordan wouldn't have played baseball if Eddie Murphy hadn't made an album?
1: Yes. All right. I have so I know Ray J's had to have been said on here. <laughs> so certainly Ray J, just for uh-huh. everything about him. Uh, but someone who is Ray J adjacent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Jason. Ray Jason. And may not be technically R and B, but it was an R and B ass nigga, is Young Berg. He's from Chicago, too. <laughs> so
2: specific. And he,
1: like, he's uh, L.A. And so, the reason why... So, one, he's just whack, right? And, oh, it was funny. He, get, like, kept getting robbed all the time. It was, like, flexing or something. But now he's, like, falling back into this producer-songwriter mode. So, he's in that camp with, like, uh, DJ Mustard and, you know, Ty mm-hmm. Dolla $ign, that whole, yeah, yeah. like, L.A. sound. But then it's also just, like, the Hollywood guys. And so, this thing that's happening of, like, these horribly, sloppily, like, very factory line samples of, like, we're just going to take the melody, the pattern, everything about an old song, just put new words on it and resell it, right? Yeah. Kind of like Wild Thoughts, yeah. but that's probably the best example because that's yeah. that still knocks. But there's been, like, in the last two or three years, the art of sampling is, like, being destroyed, I right. feel like. Because
0: uh, other people are afraid to because they're going to get sued or they're not willing to do it well cuz they have the gas and they yeah.
1: don't Yeah. So so they, you know, if they got the check to get it clear it's just like, you know, let's just use the hook of this well thought out song in a way that the it's not even like, oh, the content is in re- connection with mm-hmm. it, right? Like I'm building off of yeah. it. It's just like I'm going to steal a get melody that, that already works and sell it to kids who don't know the original song. Right. Um and so uh, Bonnie Verre was saying something about Bruno Mars, when you know, sweeping hmm. everything at the Grammys, and yeah. he, he was just like naming how it's, you know, it's an imitation album, yeah. which it is. And it was this was on the uh, Joe Budden podcast. I will watch a podcast in segments, not Thank much more than fifteen thing. to twenty minutes. But if you give me like a clip of what you're talking about, and I see the headline, I can watch a podcast. Mm-hmm. Which means we should put the podcast online, <laughs> uh, I mean, like on, on YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, he was like talking Bony like First of all. He wasn't talking about Youngberg, obviously, because no one except for me right now was talking about Youngberg. That's also
0: one of the funniest beefs of all time. It's a Youngberg Boney
1: Bear <laughs> And he was like, yeah, Boney Bear suck my dick. <laughs> it was like, blah, 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 blah. So so what you're saying is, if you sample this... Like, he was not talking about him at all, but he just like felt so defensive and realized that that is his work and the, how his shit is in artistry. Uh, but he, it, it hits and it sells. Um, and just watching him discount the the concept, and you're a hip hop dude, so you should be right. feeling right. a type of way about Kendrick and Jay Z being, you know, yeah, sur- s- you know, usurped by a gr- you know, lovely jingles. But artistically, what "Damn" and "444" is compared to Bruno Mars is yeah. just like it's a totally different world. And for you to be so self conscious, so yeah, Youngberg,
0: Youngberg. Man, that Bon Iver beef is really... Me and I'm going to have to link up
1: with Bon yeah, We're going to have yeah. to do a track. <laughs> yeah, just, We're coming for me. you, Berg. Yeah. It's going to be very pastoral. It's funny. D-Ray introduced me to Young bird when I was out in LA a few years back.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. How the mighty have fallen. All right, why don't we get out of here on this? Uh, you can follow us at Ergo Radio. I'm at Ergo Daniel. <laughs> what a way to end the show. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm a, yeah. David underscore AF, and you might even uh,
0: tweet or Instagram Ooh, something. I, I,
1: I'll get on IG. That's not yeah, a problem. Yeah, no, That's Twitter joint. I hope to. I hope we can re. Kindle our relationship
0: Damon was a good tweeter Back in the day So even if he's not tweeting now Get back in those archives You might find some Enjoyable Maybe. stuff And you might find Something to tear him down Yeah you could <laughs> really Give me a trouble I'm sure. Damon I'm sure I'm
1: sure I said something
0: <laughs> <laughs> So uh, if the smear campaign Is starting So be it We'll be back next week uh, With another conversation With another person Probably <laughs> <laughs> From Chicago beyond
2: Thanks for listening Yeah much love to the people Peace